Hi guys and welcome to Glastocast, the unofficial Glastonbury Festival podcast. We are back with episode two. We're really excited to be here and this time we are talking about what to pack. So this is You've got your ticket. The next question that always comes along is, what do I need to buy? What do I need to bring with me? What do I make sure need to make sure that I've got? So in this episode, we're not going to go kind of item by item and it's not going to be a list format. We're essentially going to take some of the main things that people need to think about and what about what they need to bring. And then we're going to go into a little bit of discussion. These are some big things that you need and what are some things you need to know before you pick one of those up. Yeah, I think it's more like things not to forget, isn't it? Yeah, things not yeah. to forget and, you know, of those things, what are some tips to make sure you have the best time? So I think the first thing we need to talk about, I know we as a three do things very differently. Yeah. Uh, me and Rob uh, usually come to the festival by car and Miguel, I think you come by coach, right? I go by coach. My first time I went by car when, uh, and then since then it's just been traveling by coach really. It does make it easier I think just I, to, you know being able to get there and, and not have to think oh I'm gonna have to drive or especially driving home. That's, I, I was the one driving so it still was, was easy for me but I remember the journey from the car park to a campsite was way worse. I think the coach takes you really close. Yeah go straight to gate A doesn't yeah, it and you're, you're right in there. And that's the thing that was my first Glastonbury so I have memories of being worse maybe because of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I say the the fact that everyone is just already enjoying, already in the mood of like, uh, well, it does feel like a holiday for me at Glastonbury at least. <laughs> it so is. When in, yeah, when you're in the coach already with your friends, I don't drink. You can see a lot of people already starting. <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, I, I have my ritual where I actually have my first drink after I set up my tent. Right. Okay. <laughs> but when everything's ready, I just open up and have my first. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, I feel like it just make it easy. Everyone's just comfortable and you just go straight to gate A and then run off to whatever campsite of your choice. Yeah. But you guys go by car, which, yeah. which also has some advantages. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I must admit, I have done both. The first year was because I couldn't drive and my friends and I took the coach. Now, this was prior to there being the coach package of ticket availability. So you booked it separately. So we simply bought the ticket and then we thought, right, how are we going to get there? We booked the coach. Um, and yes, absolutely, there was a lot of benefit to it. We could travel as a group. You don't have to park. Like you say, it takes you straight to the coach gate. It was fantastic. And, it, you know, it, it reduces the congestion. Yeah. So in terms of good points, it, it reduces the congestion. And, and there are things to kind of get people to encourage them to do so. Having said that, I now do go by car. I have again, like yourselves, I have a ritual uh, which which involves not just going to straight to the site. I like to go to the to Glastonbury Tour uh, the day oh, before. Yeah, before. Mm. Um, I like to go up there, and um, there's there's a place in in Wells that I like to go, and if I can, I'll stay. If not, at least I'll just spend half a day there uh, as part of my journey there. Uh, and then for me, queuing has become as much a part of the, the Tuesday night the Tuesday queue night queue. <laughs> Absolutely, the Tuesday night queue party has has become a thing for 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 me and my friend who. Having, you know, coincidentally, I met him a few years ago in, you know, in the queue and we've been oh, friends ever since. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I do go by car now and it's, it has become quite a, a structured mm. <laughs> journey. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I go by car, but uh, like you guys, I did the, um, my very first year I went by train and then got the free shuttle bus from the train station. Um, And that's all well and good. I think maybe for me, it's just a control thing. I like to be able to know, <laughs> you know, I'm in control when I arrive. Um, but me and my friends, we, we obviously, you know, car share, there's normally a minimum three in my car and, and pretty much every car we go with we convoy from London so we leave London all together we meet up at a certain petrol station and then off we go in a line slow nice and slowly all the way down um in the very 
very early hours of, uh, of Wednesday morning. So we normally get on site around 4am and then we join the queue. So a bit late to the queue party. but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it, we just wanted to outline that because it really makes a difference with what you can bring. And it's great that I think we have a mix here. So we're going to have Miguel, who's going to be the expert on packing light. Yeah, you, you could, that's the thing. If you go by coach, you def- definitely need to pack really smart. Having the car means I can bring as much as I like. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's why I think this is going to be interesting that we're going to have the different different levels of, of packing and comfort. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be saying lightweight a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So we are going to have an entire episode about arrivals because that is a complete other conversation that we'll have. Um, but going back to kind of what to pack. Now, obviously, number one thing is a tent. Obviously, you're unless you pay for one of the very amazing glamping options, you are going to be spending five, six days in a temporary home in a tent. So what tent to pack? And obviously, I'm taking this one due to my festival blog name, Where's My Tent? Um, I have two main tips when it comes to tents just to make sure that you're comfortable and having a good time. The number one is a double skinned tent. I know like a lot of the cheaper kind of pop-up ones tend to be single skin and you might not know what that means. It basically means that it has an outer layer and then an inner kind of bedroom layer and what that does is it um, creates a layer of insulation between the two um, sections which will definitely keep you warmer and it will keep you waterproof. If you have a single skin tent the water despite how waterproof it says it may be um, the water will over a long period of time seep through and you'll have a puddle and that's never very fun. No, not nice. Yeah. Not nice. <laughs> I've had all. a wet festival before in one of these um kind of cheap supermarket style tents let's say and uh yeah waking up with your feet in a puddle every morning is just does not mean you have a good time um and then the second kind of big thing is people read what is on the label and believe it um when they say it's a two-man tent they do not mean two people can spend five days there with their stuff um i always say add minimum one extra man onto that for me for example i always bring uh, a five-man tent that i can stand up in that personal preference I like being able to walk into my tent and grab something or get changed stood up but I bring a five-man tent and I have maximum of three people in there with me so no sorry total of three people so me and two extras but I definitely think if there's only two of you going by minimum of a three-man three of you going I would probably suggest going up to a five-man personally so this is obviously me I have a lot of space I have a lot of ability to bring extra because I'm coming by car how about you Miguel what what do you take the two man. I take a two man tent, of course. That gives me more space for my gear. But but even though I go by bus, which I need to try to put the weight down as much as I can, I still take a tent with a extra porch. And when I say a porch, not yeah, just a little cover. A some point. some 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 small tents they only have a little bit of a cover at the front. My tent actually has a proper functional porch. Of course, it's going to get a little bit more heavy, but mine is not as tall as yours. I cannot stand mm. up but I still have this extra space where I can uh, spread some of my gear. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. I probably will add that. I say I only have two things to say about this. <laughs> That's the your third new thing, third tip, is it? Yeah, okay. the third thing yeah. is definitely bring a porch because, you know, if it is a muddy festival, you want a place where you can leave your shoes. You don't want your bedroom to get covered in mud or anything like that. So having that extra bit of space to put food, alcohol, shoes is Absolutely, just yeah. really... Absolutely, have the space, as you said, just make use of it to make a mess. And my <laughs> sleeping yeah. area is just there. Nice and tidy. I'm still a bit messy, <laughs> but, but you see 
the but point. dry. Yeah, but free dry. from mud. Dry. Yeah. Free from mud. I think that's also a porch to me is a social area because um, you know there's as I've said before like there's thirty of us that try and camp together. If it is a wet festival, you are going to spend some time kind of chatting in the morning with your friends. If it's raining, you need a big enough tent that you can all yeah. you know sort of six or seven of you can go and sit in the porch and have a chat while it's raining. So that's why I go for the big porch as well, so we can all get in there with our chairs and just have a little chatter in the morning. How about you, Rob? What kind of tent do you take? Um, well, I kind of go, I suppose, in the middle, really. I, I My tent is, I think, if I remember rightly, marketed as a four-person tent, and it has a, it does have a porch. Uh, and like Miguel said, it, it really is one of the more important things because keeping that mud separate from where you're sleeping, really, you, you, you won't notice the benefit until you have to get in there at night and it's mm. all nice and clean and dry, like you said. So I go, I think mine's a, a four-person. Main reason is because sometimes I'll take a friend and we'll share but not always. I kind of don't have to worry like like you do with regards to how much I have to take because I have the benefit of taking my car. What that allows me to do is um, multiple journeys to and mm, from my vehicle. Yeah. So where I might take a slightly bigger tent and it is heavy, what I would say is my, my kind of tip to you would be think about the journey. Yes, it's, it's, it is quite a long one. Um, so having a heavy tent might be and might seem like a bit of a burden to start with. Bear in mind, you could potentially be there for six days. So that, that kind of first few hours mm. getting from the car to the place where you want to camp is a bit of an ordeal. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind, actually, it's worth it because of the, the benefit, the added comfort that you'll have for the rest of the festival. So my tip would be just consider, um, make the most of your position. If you are traveling in a car, you, you can travel to and from uh, the vehicle because you can go in and out of the festival. Yeah, you can you can go back and get things from the car, which is really good. I mean, always on, like I said, we're going to have a, an arrivals uh, episode, but I always just take in the tent on the first time because it always takes a bit longer with security and getting wristbanded. So I always just first, te- first time in, I just take the tent and that. It. I, I have to carry everything. In one yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, exactly. I, I was thinking maybe to give some more specifics on the technical aspects of the tent. Uh, the one I have, so it's a two-man tent uh, with a porch, and it's about four and a half kilos just for people when they're researching. Okay. You can get lighter ones, but of course the price goes up See, the up difference, or oh, mine is, uh, like I said, a five-man tent, and it is 12 kilos. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> I, to be honest, I have no idea what mine but do, do you, so, But can you split into bags, or it comes in one single bag? It comes in one bag, but what we usually do is, uh, you know, the lucky people who get to stay in my tent with me, you know, have their okay. nice, massive tent <laughs> at their hotel for the weekend. We normally share it between us, so we yeah, sort of have, a, have a, a handle each and carry it in together. Actually, one one of the things that I've done in the past was I took my took my car, and on this particular year, I was the only one driving in my car. So I actually took some extra stuff for some friends of mine who were going on the on the coach. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take it from the car immediately. Did my normal thing. I set my tent up, and then we met up, and as a group, we went to the car, and I got them the extra stuff that I was able to bring for them. So maybe it's worth getting talking to your friends and, and figuring out who's doing what as part of that pre-plan. Yeah, on that note, my group of 30, as I said, uh, quite a few of them are coming by coach or can only come by train. And last year... I, well, not single-handedly, but my car group of people set up 15 tents. Wow. For my friends. I was like, That's, aren't I a nice person? Yeah, wow. People pay a lot of money for pre-erected tents. I mean, it and you can just be quite stressful, can't yeah. it? Putting up one tent. I mean... 15. Yeah, yeah. We, just, we, we just, I'm, I'm all about the logistics of getting there and getting they, our group. I hope they bought you a drink. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Well, my, my coach crew, we do have a strategy as well. Oh, <laughs> so good. when we leave the coach, uh, some of us, half of us go ahead with all the tents. Ah, yeah, and some of to, you yeah. wait there and then, yeah. Yeah, and the others come, wait at one spot and we come back to pick up the gear mm. and they are also arrived to 
erect a tent. There you go. <laughs> exactly. A perfect example of why just that little bit of planning before you go can make such a big Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. Next on the list is bedding. So we've got our tent set up. Uh, bedding is quite a big topic. Some people make do with just a sleeping bag. Some people go a bit, bit more excessive than that. What do you do, Rob? What's your sleeping arrangement? Well, I suppose on, on one hand, you could probably say that it's quite basic because I don't take a roll mat. I don't take a put-up bed of any kind. I'm quite happy to just go straight onto, onto, the, onto the ground. But what I do take, which is maybe a little extra, is I take a nice big comfy blanket, which I lay down on the floor, uh, and then I take a, a double duvet and a pillow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm quite a fidget and I move around uh, a lot in the night and I just... The, the the sleeping bag thing just really doesn't suit me um and i tried a few over the years and and just really not got on with them um so yeah i t- I, I took the hit on the uh, extra carrying stuff and and i now bag up my my quilt i mean having said that if you if you roll it up tight you can yeah, get it into a fairly small bag and it's not that yeah, heavy okay. it's just quite bulky yeah mm. but for me every year okay and what do you do miguel what's your well, my, my first Glastonbury, I took a sort of a heavyish sleeping bag, mm. and it was just that, so I was sleeping straight on the ground. Uh, these days, I take a really lightweight. <laughs> yes, I'm going to start <laughs> lightweight a lot. <laughs> but uh, well, one thing is, I don't feel really much cold in the evening. I'm not someone to feel cold, so I just I just bought literally the cheapest sleeping bag they had in store. But what I do that, then that's what it really helps a lot. I, I take a self-inflating mat. Mm. All right. uh, and that's not only add comfort but it also creates some isolation from the ground from the mm. cold and that kind of su- is sufficient for me yeah, the uh, the self-inflating mat was a bit of a game changer for me in 2017 it was the first time I, I had one after hearing you know I'd, I'd always had those um the sort of air beds that you get you know the big thick ones the, the sort of navy blue ones oh right get. yeah with the yeah. kind of I mean, velvety feel velvety yeah. top on the top <laughs> which and is like a glass to symphony first day in the yeah, morning yeah. people pump <laughs> do 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> People pumping up their air Um Yeah, so I used to have one of those, but they always, you know, after five days, they start getting deflated over the evening. Or if you're on there with a friend, if you get a double one, if they move, you move because it sort of ricochets <laughs> yeah. you around. Um, and the other thing is, it's just a big pocket of cold air. Somebody sort of explained the physics to me one time. And when the problem with those things is that the ground, uh, the cold comes up from the ground, gets into this pocket of air and you end up freezing. So somebody suggested one of these self-inflating mats, which they pack up quite small. Um, when you get there, you just let it out and open the valve and it, it kind of inflates itself up and um, I now have one of those about five centimeters thick and it is the comfiest oh I get the best sleep on that thing but what I do just to make sure I don't get cold um, is I also I'm, I'm a bit extra here um, <laughs> I also bring one of those uh, kind of blue foam roll, roll mats that has the silver on the bottom right. so I place that down first with the silver facing down just so the um, sort of insulates me from the, the cold coming up put the self inflating um, mat down and then I'm there with my sleeping bag and I also do bring a pillow because, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely the triple layer technique. Yeah, I go hard like you, Miguel. Uh, we are the two party party animals. Oh, yes. yeah, oh, yes. so yeah, we don't even sleep much. Okay, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, I am lucky if I get four hours a night at Glastonbury. I think you're even less than me. Probably. So, if I'm only going to get four hours of sleep and you're going to be walking all day, I want to make sure that those four hours of sleep is the best four hours of sleep I can possibly get. So, yeah, my sleeping, um, sleeping gear is. Probably a bit much, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it does the job. What about chairs? So chairs for me, a, a chair for myself is an essential as far as I'm concerned. Um, what do you, do you guys bring a chair? I do. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's one of those things. It, it, once the tent goes up, my chair goes up uh-huh. because it's like it, overnight in the queue, as we mentioned before, is great fun. But once once it's that early morning setting up the tents, it's nice to just kick back, mm. set the chair up and kind of just have a look around. Because while you're setting your tent up, it might take you half an hour. It might take you 40, 45 minutes. In that short period of time, your surroundings will change quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to just get the chair, maybe crack open a drink like yourself, Miguel, yeah. sit back and just think, right, I'm here. Yeah. And I just think I need that. You know, I'm quite tall. I'm sort of six foot-ish. And sitting on the ground every morning is is not good for me. Like, I want to spend that time sat down, having a chill, chatting to my friends and being comfortable uh, and not having back pain to start the day off. I know that's, you know, a big, a big problem for most people. So I like having that extra bit of comfort. Yeah, same here. Even though the chair might be a bit awkward to carry, especially to bring it on the bus, there's another area where I, I, t- I do some sacrifice and weight. And also, I just use the chair as part of my morning routine. When a yeah, morning very good point. Or whatever moment I'm waking yeah. up. And <laughs> so I, I use the chair to sit down, put my put my glitter on, put some makeup, brush my <laughs> toothbrush in there. So, and you have the little... Cup holders. Yeah, cup holders yeah. for your drinks. So just, yeah, it just make the whole thing way better, really. I suppose one for your beer, one for your hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can I can certainly feel the my my mates around me who didn't take a chair like, oh, sh- I should have done that. Yeah. Have, yeah, yeah, next year I'm bringing a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, on that point, you can buy them there. That's one thing, you know, to really hammer down here is that if you feel you are coming by coach and you don't want to have to carry everything or if you're coming by car for the first time and you don't know what you'll need yet you can pretty much buy anything on site absolutely if you have the money to kind of spare for these things so obviously it's cheaper if you don't yeah. if you bring it with you yeah. um but you know they normally do two chairs 15 pounds on site so if your friends do get jealous you can suggest they yeah. go buy some yes, but yes. also suggest they bring it home with them don't leave it there absolutely these things are for life not just very very important i think to reiterate yeah. that point I think that's that's one reason I prefer to buy in advance because then I can mm. really choose something that is good quality and yeah. I invest. I prefer to pay a bit more. It's just something that's going to last, really. I've yeah. been really coming to Glastonbury every year, so that's it. I've been building my gear, yeah. improving it. Invest for multiple use. Excellent. Don't get caught up in this buy cheap get rid of it thing because it it's it's a real pain yeah it's a really good point we just want to make sure that anything you buy for this you will get the glass and rhubarb i can tell you that now <laughs> um so once you've done it once you'll want to come back and don't buy something cheap and buy it every year that's not the ethos of Glastonbury. you want to make sure you get something good and comfortable and you reuse it again and again So I'm just going to take a little pause here. Uh, This is more for the veterans, I say, who've been to Glastonbury before and have seen this and have experienced it. As I'm sure you're aware, there's a bit of a debate over chairs. Now, we've just discussed chairs as a camping accessory for when you're around the tents. What do you think about taking a chair down to one of the main stages and staying there for the day? How do you feel about it? Now, this causes quite a bit of a hot topic, I guess. Is it something you love? If so, we want to hear from you. Why do you do this? What's your favourite thing about doing this? If you're less of a fan if it's something that you know you'd prefer didn't happen why is that too and what we're going to do is we're going to read out some of your answers either on a next podcast in the future or we might be putting it on our instagram that kind of thing so we want to hear from you tell us your thoughts on this so get in contact with us either via our website and we have a contact us form on there or via our socials we have twitter instagram all these kind of things that you can find on the website glastocast.co.uk let us know and we will read out your thoughts
We've talked about tents, we've talked about bedding, we've talked about chairs. Now, the next topic we want to cover briefly is kind of clothing and footwear. Clothing, we're going to skim over a little bit because that is very personal taste. I know I like to bring lots of fancy dress and lots of sparkly things, <laughs> um, but some people are a lot more practical in that respect. Definitely bring some waterproofs with you, a big waterproof coat. Has anybody ever used ponchos? Do you guys use ponchos? Or I look into it, but I always just go with a waterproof jacket, really. I'm yeah. a growing fan of, of the poncho mm. because the, like, the weather can change quite quickly and what might be a very nice day in the morning you might just get a shower and they are pocket sized yeah and and i've just found now that i I definitely take them with me it's almost one of the essential things because regardless of how hot the start of the week might be i've always got that poncho in my bag it is something just easy just to slip in your bag and have with you for those emergency moments because the weather can change at glastonbury very quickly as you said the other thing is once if you are inside maybe while it's raining and you go out you can uh, you can use it to sit on Yeah, good point. You can use it to sit on the ground as well. Good bit of uh, portable plastic to take with you. Okay, but apart from waterproofs, the main thing I wanted to to talk about today is footwear. So this is such a big debate and a lot of people don't really realise, they kind of think, oh yeah, I'll just take my trainers with me. Uh, I've seen people there in some quite expensive looking bright white trainers. That is a definite no-no. But it it really can make or break your festival. As we have mentioned a few times uh, over these episodes, Glastonbury is massive. You will walk really really far in a day I think I was measuring it once on one of my um on my Fitbit I think I did like almost 40 kilometers in one of the days one time wow no. it is it's bigger than we and that was just the dancing yeah and that was just the dancing <laughs> well I was gonna say <laughs> in terms of like a different me- measurement it's you know tens of thousands of steps mm, um, yeah if that's how yours exactly, is measured you know, tens you know. of thousands easily Exactly. So it's one of those things you want to make sure you are comfy, number one, number two, waterproof, because even on a sunny, sunny uh, Glastonbury, there are areas of the site that are going to get muddy just because where the water runs off uh, from the taps and things like that. So it's definitely worth having some sort of waterproof shoes. So the big welly uh, waterproof shoes, walking boots, trainers, debate. Let's have a chat about this. What do you think? Rob? What do you take with you? I well, personally, I, I will always take wellies um, because I just think that they are fantastic you can't really beat them when the mud does get as bad as it, it can do i mean what you need to realize is even when it is dry like you were saying there's still such a huge footfall that the ground gets churned up so the likelihood is at some point you are going to encounter some mud um wellies fantastic key accessory with wellies is welly socks football mm-hmm. socks something that is going to protect the top of your leg from the top of that welly because you get welly rub mm. and it gets very very sore so you know because a lot of people um, have you know their festival outfits shorts and what whatever you might decide to wear but if you're going to wear wellies you know i i really would suggest having the the the, the knee high or the, the the socks that you can roll over the top i think that's the thing like lots of people they don't normally wear wellies in everyday life they yeah. go to a festival <laughs> yeah. for the first time they're here oh i need to buy some wellies wellies are great but without those socks as you say you are going to end up with blisters rubs uh, all along the top edge and it is really quite painful sometimes so yeah, I think that's really, really important because, I mean, if you get a blister on your first day, your mm. experience, your whole festival experience can be ruined. And what I found, which is a good technique, is I, I used to use two socks, like a liner sock <laughs> yes. and a really yeah, good yeah, sock yeah. on top because then it eases the friction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really good to avoid some blisters. 
I double up on socks as well. And yeah. then you can, you know, if you only buy kind of two or th- maybe even three sets of welly socks, you can change the inner sock yeah. three or four times. So, yeah. you know, not a to d- get d- nasty. Definitely feet. a change of socks during the day, if possible. If you go back to your tent to yeah. pick up something, you can remove whatever you're wearing, wellies or walking boots and let it breathe for a while. Yes. <laughs> maybe have a change of socks. That will help a, a Dry lot feet. as well. Yeah. I-, I take some foot powder as well. Mm, it it good, helps good. on sweating because wellies do make you sweat. Yeah, wellies are a tough one. But again, this comes back to what we were talking about before. I've, I have I will always take my wellies, yeah. but maybe I won't take them from my car straight away. And it comes back to that being able yeah. to go back and from the car. So my wellies will always be there um, and I'll have, you know, trainers if it's dry or at least something stable. Because like we were saying, you're going to be walking tens of thousands of steps. Now doing that in flip-flop, mm-hmm. you know, you're welcome to try. But personally, I, it really does, it gets sore. I bring flip-flops for around the tent in the morning. Though. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I think that's it, if, Let if, the feet if breathe. That's true. That's true. If it's dry, then it's to do quick errands around the camping site <laughs> yeah. to go fill up your water bottle, whatever. It's good. Yeah. yeah, flip-flops is can be useful. And yeah, when it's hot, it's nice, but you know, when you're sat and it's quiet, you can kick your feet off and like get some air to your feet and mm-hmm. just really stay comfortable. So you go wellies, Rob, but you also go wellies, Miguel. Yes, uh, I take a walking boot as well. Okay. Well, not, not really a walking boot, it's more, but it's a good waterproof trainer, which is quite mm-hmm. comfortable. So I use that on the bus and maybe the first day if it's if it's a dry year. But mainly I'm Tim Welly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even if it gets sunny, it might be that I'm just already a part of it. So integrated with the fans <laughs> yeah. by, sec- by day two or three. And then the wellies are just there. Go team wellies. The wellies part of me. <laughs> but, but it took me a while. Uh, I think this, this is the third welly I bought. I, I kept changing. And then I found one that really helped, suits me. Yeah. It, it's comfortable, it's comfortable yeah. for me. It might, doesn't affect my feet. And I think it's important to say that whatever is your choice, you need to break it in. You need, oh, yeah. When you buy it, and you, you not just wear it a few t- uh, one time and see if it fits, you need to really proper go for a yeah, walk sometimes. Buy it the week before before Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I would say maybe a couple of months before Glastonbury, whatever you bought, go for a walk, go for a walk again, see how it works for you. Mm-hmm. Wear it in. So you both are Team Wellies. I was always Team Wellies uh, at Glastonbury. But last year in 2018, I finally got a pair of walking. I say finally, but I got a pair of walking boots. And you know, I I think they did really well. I think the the, the reduction in bulk for those that was yeah. one thing. Obviously, they're that little bit smaller. Um, and they were super comfy. They did really well. Um, in the waterproof situation, I did have a one or two muddy festivals last year, and and it did well. But part of me, I'm not sure whether I want to try it at Glastonbury. It feels like a risk to go away <laughs> from my my classic trainers and wellies. Has always been my you know go to. Take a pair of trainers that I don't mind getting wrecked uh, because they will get dusty even if it's a dry year they will get covered in you know cider that I spill (laughs) Um, so I always bring a pair of trainers that I'm happy that if they I don't mind if they get wrecked and then a pair of wellies so I don't know whether to break the tradition this year and get and get walking boots Um, it's really on the tip of my uh well, thing maybe is, that's the something th- we can discuss. Well, hear what thing, people I think. think. The thing is, if you get a year like 2016, that was a really tough year. Yeah, I think wellies would. I think even the walking boots, you would have trouble that year because that anyone that didn't bundles. have wellies that year was really, really struggling. Yeah, there wasn't As- a patch of uh, green that year. No, and especially the what this is. I'm team welly. I'm, I'm down with the walking boots and everything like that. The one thing I really don't understand because it never works. I can tell you it won't work. Carrier bags over your trainers. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. It, it might work for five minutes, but once you've walked maybe a hundred meters, and there's holes in them. You might as well not bother. Yeah. But it's surprising to see so, so many, people many people still do doing that, it. don't they? Yeah. What I find when I'm looking at walking boots is that the tall ones are usually made for winter as well. That's not really good yeah, for Glastonbury. Yeah, hot and sweaty. Yeah. Well, a perfect walking boot would be one which is comfortable, waterproof, and it's a little bit high on the ankle. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't find one yet, if you know. <laughs> 
Text me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, as I say, something that we can discuss and people can feed back to us. Yeah. Yeah, another thing, please do tweet us if you have any suggestions for things. If you, What do you do with your feet? I think number one tips would be, no matter what you decide, trainer, wellies, walking boots, socks. I know we mentioned it before, yeah. but... Socks, socks, socks. Dry socks. Dry socks, <laughs> dry exactly. Socks. 15 pairs of socks. You I think can't have enough bring. dry socks. <laughs> yeah. You never know. And underwears. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. And 15 pairs of underwear <laughs> yeah. too. So, so far we have covered tents, we've covered bedding, uh, we've covered chairs, and then we've covered a bit of clothing and footwear. What we're going to do is we're going to break this episode here. We're going to do a part two of what to pack, where we're going to go into a little bit more discussion about things like food, alcohol, money, that kind of uh, smaller, you know, and some some cleanliness tips as well. What we're also going to do is we're going to post a full list on our blog as well on glastercast.co.uk. That is hopefully going to be more of a printout guide for you guys. And it's, uh, as I said, it's a guide. You don't have to tick off everything in the list to have a good time. But these are the things that with our years of experience, we have found will make you more comfortable and just make things that little bit better so you have the best time you could possibly have. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We will be back with part two really, really shortly. So subscribe and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. (laughs) 